Hi, I'm Catherine Gray, founder of She Angel Investors and co-founder of the She Angels Foundation. I'm also the podcast host of Invest in Her and an award-winning producer, author, and TEDx speaker. Our show, Invest in Her, features phenomenal female founders and funders. As you know, women receive less than 2% of venture capital funding. Our series is about accelerating the funding of women by connecting them to funding resources. Let's meet today's guest. Today's guest is the founder of an iconic crowdfunding platform known as Seed and Spark. Please welcome to our show, Emily Best. Hi, Emily. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Iconic. That sounds very fancy. (laughs) (laughs) It does, doesn't it? (laughs) No, I think it is. I mean, everybody knows it. And uh, I would love to talk about, you know, how it started. Um, You know, I know you're also a filmmaker, so I, I imagine it has something to do with that. I also wanted to mention you were born here in California, but you just relocated, you were sharing with me, to uh, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta, where it seems like a lot of filmmaking is really starting to escalate, right? Yeah, yeah. actually, they just released the report that there was $4.1 billion in production, sorry, $4.3 billion in production spending in Georgia in 2021. Um, and it's only been growing. Yeah, more than 429 TV productions were shooting here. Um, hundreds of films. And it's like a little bit less in commercials. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it is a massive site for investment. Um, for me, it was a move about climate um, uh, to move somewhere with a steadier water supply and a place I could grow food. Um, was also a mood to make my vote count more. Um, And I also think that Georgia is an incredible uh, sandbox. Like there are just a ton of people from here who have been movement building for a long time. And it's now at the point with all of this external um, uh, excitement from Hollywood and and sort of the national stage of the election in uh, in 2020 um, that we uh, we sort of have an opportunity I think here in Georgia to like build and amplify the systems in the film space in the independent film space but also in the political landscape um, that can really like paint a picture of what the positive future we want could look like. And that's what really excites me about being here. Well, I think people should be listening to you because you are obviously a visionary and you are so important in the space, what you've created, the seed and spark in the entertainment industry sector for crowdfunding for films. Um, As a filmmaker yourself, I take it that the reason you launched this uh, crowdfunding platform uh, was because you yourself as a filmmaker probably found it challenging to fund your film ideas? Is is Was that the reason you started yeah. it? You know, what's funny is like, I'm a reluctant founder and I was a reluctant filmmaker. Like I, if I could have found a way to like make a living and scale the storytelling of theater, I would have done that. Um, but I was doing, um, theater with this incredible group of women, uh, this was a long time ago, like 2010 or 2011. Um, and 
it was working with them. And then I, oh, the lead actress in the play that we were producing is an actress called Caitlin Fitzgerald. You will have seen her in like Succession and Station Eleven more, most recently. Um, but uh, she was coming to the theater at night and we were performing this incredible Nordic feminist play called Hedda Gabler. Uh, and uh, during the day she was going to audition for all these like big ho like Hollywood indie movies, the, the ones that are sort of on the cusp there. Um, and all of the auditions she was getting were like hot girl, hot girlfriend, hot best friend. And I was like, this is one of like the funniest, most well-read, interesting people I know. And she is being valued for one thing and one thing only. Um, and that's super boring. And could we tell a story that was different from that? And so we decided we wanted to make a movie um, about women friendships that we just, you know, that was something like we recognized. Um, which sounds all well and good until you go out and talk to like investors and sales agents and distributors. And the nicest thing that they could say to us was, well, if you could put some lesbian erotica in it, we could sell it. But they didn't even mean lesbian erotica for women. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. They, 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 uh, yeah. So, this is the problem with the broken system here in Hollywood, as you and I know, and in all other genres, not just Hollywood, but it is that, uh, there's, pretty much they're all run by a group of white men and the programming and the productions are only green lighted by them. And so they pick what they like, not yeah. what a woman would want to see, like what you're talking about producing, you know, where there is a demand for this kind of programming. And, um, you know, I could see why you got frustrated and wanted to uh, start the platform. So, uh, so this was the uh, the beginnings of it. Yeah, the genesis was really that in all the conversations I had, I was really struck by the fact that women were considered a niche, right? And like, yes. I I don't really think that unless you're like under 0.5% of the population, you could reasonably considered niche because of how many people we are, right? Like how much purchasing power sits in one or two or 3% of the population. Um, and so, but the idea that 51% of the population was niche was really hilarious to me. Um, and also that we are a monolith, right? Like that, like, that like women is just like one category. And what we like is like rom-com starring white people that are really actually about, will a man get his shit together or not? Sorry. Um, and, uh, and so I came out of that being like, why am I going to these people to greenlight the story that I know is in demand. And, you know, this was a magical time in history, right? So 2010, 2011 was the intersection of broadband had just gotten wide enough so that we would be streaming movies, not, not, not just music at scale. Canon put a full frame sensor in the 5D camera making digital cinema like possible overnight, which is hilarious to talk about because we were like, oh my God, we can shoot in 720 and now we can shoot in 4K on our iPhones. Um, <laughs> but, um, but it was a big deal back then. And crowdfunding had arisen out of the ashes of the 2007, 2008 financial crisis as a way for you know artists who used to go to like their rich uncles or I guess, or like the local dentists um, to still fund their work. And 
Um, the last piece was that social media was starting to be widely adopted. And back then we were still on what was called for the youngsters in the room, uh, the open social graph, right? And the open social graph was when you posted something on Facebook and it posted to your friends and their friends, which of course, like eventually became a vector for bullying and harassment, but at the time was like a really amazing way to connect to people. And so when we launched a crowdfunding campaign for our film, um, we didn't use a platform uh, because we, we didn't want people to feel like they had to give us a pile of money. <laughs> like we wanted to collect resources and let people know what it would take to make the movie. So we built a wedding registry, right? We listed the camera and the car rentals and the, you know, uh, the bug spray and the sunscreen and the coffee and the crafty um, as individual items. I like had a friend help me build a WordPress website and I put a PayPal link at the bottom, which is the most technical I have ever been. Um, and we sent it out to everyone we knew and we leveraged the open social graph. Um, and 458 people from all over the country and actually all over the world um, contributed to this project, not just money, but also loans and gifts of locations and goods and services, a lot of that came directly from the town where we were shooting. We got hundreds of thousands of dollars in in-kind contributions from people in the town where we were shooting the film. Um, and so- Wait, which, which town already, was that? Camden, Maine. I love it, love um, it. Hey, Camden, it, was, Maine. it was a big deal because they had been really burned by Hollywood. There was a Stephen King movie called Thinner that shot there and it just they just railroaded the entire town. And so the town, when they heard a movie production was coming, they were not excited about it. They were like, are you gonna ruin my streets and create traffic and like shine lights through my windows at two o'clock in the morning? So we had to go like really do some, some duty. And what we did was um, community building. Right. And the, we, the fire department came and was in our movie <laughs> at multiple stages in the film. So um, I had that experience and I thought, you know, this is different. This is just fundamentally different from what Hollywood is doing and more like what most independent films are doing. And could we resource community creators to be able to succeed in crowdfunding where they weren't on the platforms as much? Right. Like. Kickstarter still has about a 37% success rate uh, for their crowdfunding projects. And in part, you know, that's just, they they do their thing, sort of like more all comers, like launch your project, good luck to you. Um, but also I think creators who don't already come from well-resourced communities really struggle for obvious reasons to raise crowdfunding. And we wanted to see if we could overcome that barrier. And we did that through education and building a, a like a high touch process with feedback involved to really help get everyone set up for success and adjust their goals accordingly. And just like make sure that they could get the most out of this because at the end of it, they were gonna have this audience of people who were gonna follow them, support them, promote them, be excited about them. And that was the real power. Um, and we did that. And so now we have an 88% campaign success rate. Wow. Um, that's amazing. And, yes. And we also eliminated our platform fees. So we're the only uh, creator-based crowdfunding platform that doesn't charge you to use it. Wow. So uh, so how does it sustain itself if you're not charging them? Oh, so you, you just take a percentage of the donation? We do not. Oh. Um, we, we ask for the folks contributing um, to help support us when they check out. Ooh, and about 70% of them do. Yeah, that's awesome. And so um, 
I know you've raised millions traditionally and through crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. um, I love that you created this platform to really help independent filmmakers to raise money. And an 88% success rate, that is incredible. What are some of the uh, projects that have come out of there that you're most proud of? Because they probably, if it wasn't for Seed and Spark, wouldn't <laughs> come to fruition maybe. Oh my God, you're asking me to like pick my favorite child. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I'll tell you some recent successes that I think are really cool. Perfect. Um, there was a short film called Feeling Through that crowdfunded on Seed and Spark a couple of years ago and then was nominated for an Academy Award in the shorts category. Wow. Just a beautiful film, One Night in New York, an unlikely friendship between a deafblind man and an unhoused young person. And it just like, is a beautiful, touching, interpersonal story that also blows people's minds around really pressing social issues that we don't really confront or aren't able to access a lot of us. And so um, that was actually one of the films that has gone into our new platform. So we have built um, a subscription platform for organizations, for enterprises um, who want to do uh, real powerful professional development training um, to build more equitable and more psychologically safe workplaces. And we leverage films from our community and build curriculum around them and deliver them into workplaces. Um, and so Feeling Through is one of those films. And so because I, I see it all the time, uh, it's very top of mind for me. Um, Land of Gold was an amazing film that actually won the, um, you know, the AT&T Untold Story grant. And they also did some gap funding on Seed and Spark and they premiered at Tribeca. And that's also one of these films where you're like, oh my God. And it's a, a truck driver who discovers a young uh, girl in his truck who is trying to get to her uncle because her parents have been taken away by ice. Um, yes. But it's not one of these sort of superhero stories. Like this little girl is in her own power from the first moment. And I just had never seen, I got to see it at Tribeca. I'm like, I just never seen anything like this before. I could go on for literally hours. Right, right. Um, no, those were some great examples. And what kind of corporations are uh, taking advantage of having this opportunity? Um, some really big banks, uh, some film studios, um, uh, some technology companies, a lot of folks in the healthcare and biotech space as well. Um, so the cool thing is like the whole purpose of film forward was to help get like crucial social issue cinema in front of audiences that algorithms would never deliver it to. So if you're on YouTube or you're on, uh, you're advertising on social media or you're streaming on Netflix, the algorithms are deciding who gets to see your content. Right. So unless you have a direct connection to the audience, you're you're kind of preaching to the choir. And that's what that was a challenge that our creators had identified for us, which was what got us to start looking into enterprise as a way to deliver content. So so um, how does how does film forward work? Let's say I'm talking to a bank about it. How would they adopt that? Yeah, great question. Um, so we roll out uh, learning programs inside organizations and our platform delivers monthly learning modules. Um, and then we do uh, bi-monthly facilitated conversations. We have a team of expert facilitators who come in and help put the individual work that employees are doing 30 minutes a month on our platform on its feet in their teams. And then we gather a lot of really rich data around psychological safety. 
um, both through survey and reflection. It's all completely anonymous, but we, we can put together really deep and powerful, clear insights about areas of opportunity for the organizations. And it's because fundamentally, individual employees cannot create a psychologically safe environment. The entire organization has to be engaged in building a psychologically safe environment. And psychological safety is, it's more than belonging, right? It's more than just showing up and feeling like I'm not gonna be discriminated against because of something about me I can't change. Um, it has a lot to do with um, engagement and feeling like you're a powerful contributor and also feeling like you can you can be a voice for, for challenging um, the status quo without fear of punishment. And that takes organizational agreements, that takes behavior change top to bottom. And so that's really what we help reinforce in all of our programs, whether they are to um, increase awareness of diversity, equity, and inclusion topics and put them into practice, or it is for management leadership training or employee onboarding. We have a range of programs that we can roll out, but all of them with the core goal of increasing psychological safety, which is the core condition, right, for innovation and belonging. I love that. That's amazing. Um, so Seed and Spark continues to grow. You now do the film forward as a part of what you're doing as well. And then I know you're a filmmaker. Uh, you've had, you know, films in South by Southwest and Sundance and all the big festivals, Tribeca. Um, what's on your agenda right now for that? And are you raising money through your platform for anything at the moment? Um, I am working on, I'm in post-production on a documentary about, um, broadly about the Equal Rights Amendment, but more using the Equal Rights Amendment as a lens through which to look at all of American history and to kind of like redefine and, and recontextualize the rules that were written for us at the inception of this country. Um, uh, and also to understand that in the context of like what was true on the land before anybody who looked like us got here. Um, <clears throat> and that film I've been working on since 2017 or 18. <laughs> it's like really, really long haul. Um, and uh, we'll probably crowdfund for that uh, in the early spring um, to, for like finishing touches and also kind of as a campaign to let people know what's going on because I think that um, the issues that we're tackling are really, really important in all of our upcoming election cycles and definitely want people to know why their vote still matters, even when it feels frustrating. That that sounds really important and great. And, you know, I think you're like I am. I believe it is film and television that helps change culture, raise awareness, educates people. Uh, so that sounds like a really important film. Um, and, you know, I'm working on one right now about raising awareness about how underfunded women are, you know, getting less than 2% of venture capital and how we can change that and how people can participate in that change. So, yeah, I love what you're doing. And uh, I do think films are such an important part of our culture. And I love that you've created a platform to help democratize it and help people to gather funding. Um, so if someone were a filmmaker... Uh, they would go to Seed and Spark. They don't have to pay to use the platform, as you mentioned, um, and they can raise money for their film. There's an 88% yep. success rate. I have a feeling that that's because 
you provide free workshops about how to create a successful crowdfunding campaign. Yes. So the workshops are really just step one. And we do recommend that every filmmaker that comes onto the platform goes through that workshop either as they're building their campaign or before they start building their campaign, because it will really help creators understand where the work happens, which like in film is usually in pre-production. Um, the other thing is we've expanded. So we're getting a lot of podcasts, um, books, the theater pieces, dance pieces. So we like to think of ourselves broadly as a storytelling platform. And that's in part because certainly once the pandemic hit, filmmakers were, were using their creative talents any way they could. <laughs> and we realized we wanted to be able to support them for like whatever storytelling endeavors they developed. So like we don't we don't do like gaming and we don't do products, but storytelling as a broad category, we we welcome um, because I these days don't meet any artists that are just like a one like one track. They're all hyphenates at this point. Um, yeah. And so the, the workshop is the first point. And the second point is once you um, submit your project for feedback, a real human crowdfunding expert gives you feedback on all the points based on the workshops that we teach so that creators really understand where to sharpen. So like, we want you to submit a draft of your pitch video or even better, just the script and give our experts a chance to just say, this is how you sharpen your story. Don't shoot too much, <laughs> right? You really wanna keep it under two minutes and keep it just tight to the things that people really need to get engaged, which is a compelling opener and a real concise big why this story needs to get told now. So also people that are investors would come to the Seed and Spark uh, site to see what they might want to invest in and get behind, right? Yeah, I want to be clear about the word investor it makes me a little nervous because we're not a Reg D uh, or Reg, C, Reg uh, CF platform. Um, this is a, a contribution platform, right? So there are projects on our site that have fiscal sponsors where it's a tax deductible donation. Um, and I think the vast majority of our projects are just a contribution. Um, so most people are making a financial contribution towards the rewards that are being offered by the uh, creators as opposed to for a financial return. If they want to get involved for financial return, that has to happen outside of our platform. Um, but I will say at, at the level that like most of our creators are uh, making their films, uh, it's not about the investment for financial return. It's really about the investment in the culture change. Love that. Yeah. They're just really believing in the project. That's right. and, and you felt like Seed and Spark was going to really be the go-to place for the independent filmmaker. Um, that's why you created it. While there are still other types of crowdfunding services, do you want to explain really what sets it apart? Sure. So um, at our core, we're built around a wish list model. So you actually highlight, just like I did in my first campaign, the individual items that you need. Um, and people can contribute money towards those items, or they could loan them to you directly if they have them. So it gets people thinking a little bit differently about how they are resourcing their projects. And it allows them to gather in-kind donations, which can really strengthen um, uh, creators like crowdfunding capability because if you can get stuff for free super duper right yeah. um the the second thing that really sets us apart is that personalized feedback 
And I would say that's probably the number one thing um, is that every single campaign, it's not like a tier that you have to pay for. It's you don't have to like chase us down like it is a natural part of our process. And that's definitely what is behind the 88% campaign success rate. Um, and because we are focused on storytelling and we have an 88% campaign success rate, there's a lot less seed and spark fatigue than there might be for other platforms because when people get a link for a seed and spark project, chances are it's gonna be successful, right? And that's because it has been set up to succeed. And that was our goal from day one is already, when we launched seed and spark in 2012, people were already like, oh my God, I got another Kickstarter link or oh my God, I got another Indiegogo link. And I was like, I don't want anybody to ever say that about seed and spark. I want them to be like, oh, I got a seed and spark link. I bet it's gonna be cool. I love that. And, and so, when someone comes on and creates their project to fundraise on your platform, um, on Seed and Spark, uh, they send it out to their circle of influence, of course. But then you all have people that follow Seed and Spark that also could be interested as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, we've seen about, I mean, it really depends on the project, right? But like anywhere from 12, like uh, 7 to 15% of each project is coming just from like people within Seed and Spark um, who are excited about it. Um, but our goal is to, like through our process, our goal is to empower the creators with the tools to build and grow an audience for the rest of their career. Right. So that we are a positive educational step, like professional development step in their careers, as opposed to just like a place to get some cash to like plug a financing gap. Because there are plenty of places where you can do that, but I don't think that actually gives creators the benefit of the effort you have to put in to successfully fundraise using crowdfunding in the first place. Right. So we also are really focused on the long-term career benefits um, that can come with crowdfunding if you do it right. I love that. And also, um, I think when people do in, uh, donate to a, and I'll say the word donate instead of invest, uh, donate to a film project, they're much more likely to follow it, go see it, tell their friends about it. And I think that's another wonderful benefit of it. What is the average that someone is raising on the platform for their film project? I mean, I'm not sure how much information the average really gives you because we have like tiny shorts and we have features, whatever. The average is around 12,200 and something um, on average, which is uh, about three times higher than the next closest platform. So oh, the average is on, yeah, the averages on other platforms in the film and TV category are closer to like $4,000. And and I'm imagining it could be anywhere from raising maybe 5,000 to you've actually had people raise how much? Yeah, 50, 100, 200, 220,000. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think the, the, the multi-million dollar campaigns, like what people don't, what most people don't know about them is that the vast majority of those campaigns were run by one person who is a genius. <laughs> um, and like is a mastermind behind some of the really, really big ones that you know, right? Mystery Science Theater and um, uh, Veronica Mars and uh, uh, Super Troopers, right? Like those sort of iconic multi-million dollar campaigns 
Um, you don't see them as much anymore. Um, and I think it's also uh, in part, sadly, because there's not as much, um, like everybody's kind of scrambling for a deal with a streamer now. And so the the idea of like kind of pulling IP off of a shelf like they did with Veronica Mars and Super Troopers and um, Mystery Science Theater, like it's just harder and harder to do that these days um, because there are so many beloved shows from Netflix that got canceled after their second season, the famous, like, you know, everybody starts to get paid more after the second season. So they cancel them like crazy. And people have come to us desperate, like, how do we get them to crowdfund a third season and put it elsewhere? And like, a lot of these streamers just don't play ball that way. So, um, so I think like the good news is that leaves the crowdfunding space open for the creators who like really have a need. And I wish there was more kind of fan focus um, as there was maybe five, seven years ago in the crowdfunding space. I feel like we've lost a little bit of that from the Hollywood side. It was just important to bring energy, you know, to the space. And so now we we had to build systems for creators to be successful no matter what. Um, and that's really where we've been focused. Yeah, I think it's essential to the industry, what you're doing and giving people an opportunity to raise money. Um, and and the beauty of it is uh, it doesn't put them into debt. Uh, you know, uh, people are getting behind it. It's um, free capital and uh, like free followers, free fans. Uh, so the business model makes perfect sense. Uh, if someone needs to set up, has a great film project and wants to set up their Seed and Spark, they just go to seedandspark.com. And like you said, take the free workshop on how to make it successful, right? Um, yeah. And uh, what's the future for you? Uh, what, are you what are you looking at uh, as far as, um, you know, what's next? I mean... We're definitely focused on helping Film Forward grow because it is a delivery or distribution mechanism, especially for short films that has real revenue potential um, yeah. for a category of film that has conflict gets left behind, but it's also people make more shorts than anything else. Um, and uh, And that excites me because it's really about driving the change that the creators were engaged by in the first place. Right. Um, and that's always where we wanted to sit in the world is not just like yet another distribution mechanism, um, some niche Netflix, because that's what they would call us no, no matter what we did, um, uh, but really to be focused on building completely different systems in order to drive the change that honors the creator's intentions as opposed to just like participating in whatever the entertainment business is doing at this particular time. Yeah. This is for people really thinking outside the box, I feel like, and wanting to make change. Uh, so they could set up their uh, crowdfunding platform uh, or campaign uh, on the platform, Seed and Spark. Um, how do they apply for Film Forward once they have that short? How, how does that work? We'll find you. Um, so if you're certainly if you're crowdfunding on Seed and Spark, we're looking at everything all the Great. time. Um, and uh, we have um, a wonderful head of acquisitions who's at festivals and screening things all the time. Um, so if you think you have 
a great film for corporate change making um, or behavior change making, uh, send them our way. Okay, great. And um, as far as getting into festivals, once they've uh, done their fundraising on your platform, do you all have uh, information on how they get it into the festivals? So um, we work with, uh, we have a bunch of festival waivers that come as you gain followers on the platform. So you get 250, 500, 1,000, um, you unlock different rewards um, that can help, uh, you know, finish your project and get it in festivals. And um, there's a, a core crew of festivals that offers waivers to films that have um, unlocked certain benefit levels. Um, and then I think there's like a film freeway page where you can, you know, apply to the ones that are appropriate to you. Um, but at that point, you know, we, we refer out to our partners who are actually experts at that, right? So um, film festival secrets, would be the number one place I would say to go. Um, and we we try to let the experts do their work and not try to get involved in everybody's business. I love that. I'm writing that down, Film Festival Secrets. That's a great lead. Um, well, thank you so much, Emily. Really appreciate that you've created this platform for the Hollywood independent filmmakers. So necessary. Thank you for creating all the resources to help them be successful with it. And, uh, you know, good luck with all of your amazing film projects as well. Um, where can they find you on social media? I'm at Emily Best on Twitter, and I'm sorry how salty I am right now, but the world is falling apart. So I don't know how else I'm expected to be. Um, and that's probably the best place to find me uh, out there in the ether. Okay, sounds good. And they can, of course, go to seedandspark.com. Uh, <laughs> yep, seedandspark.com and at seedandspark on all of the relevant social channels. Okay, great. And obviously, you all can find us as well. She Angel Investors and Catherine Gray at Invest in Her on Instagram. And of course, I'm on LinkedIn like Emily. And uh, we really appreciate everybody tuning in. Hope it's been helpful information and resources to you filmmakers out there and to people that want to get behind these amazing films. Be sure to check it out and donate. Thanks, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. Remember, if you're looking to launch a business or grow your business, check out our e-course, Six Ways to Fund Your Business, available at sheangelinvestors.com. Hi, I'm Kai Dickens, the director and co-producer of the new documentary film, Girls Just Want to Have Funds. And I'm the executive producer, Catherine Gray, founder of She Angel Investors. And as you know, women get less than 2% of venture capital funding. And we want to make sure people are educated about that and have the tools to fix it. And a movie is only part of the equation. The next part is an impact campaign, which will help roll our film out to film festivals, to women empowerment groups, to conferences, to universities, anywhere that we can reach people. Absolutely. And helps us create our website and resources so that we can actually help educate people about how they can get involved. So that's where you come in. Your donations help us create this grassroots campaign movement that you can be a part of in so many ways. Thank you so much for your time and hopefully your contribution. We're excited to be on this journey with you.